Coming to you from 27 miles west of downtown Chicago, you're listening to 27 West, produced by the congregations of Wheaton Bible Church and Iglesia del Pueblo in West Chicago, Illinois, and Tri-Village Church, our campus in nearby Streamwood. Our purpose is to make this very large body of Christ a little smaller as we meet and learn from one another. Welcome to 27 West Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Murray, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Amy Salava. Amy Mueller on keys, and this week we have a guest, pastor of Sending and Outreach, Kyle Reschke, the recently married Kyle Reschke, and one of the most amazing people in the world. We want this podcast to be a place for you to get to know people in our church's community better, to learn a little, and hopefully laugh. So how are you guys doing? Great. I'm on awesome. my fifth cup of coffee. Fifth cup of fifth. coffee. That's Good great. To go. Third for me. Third for you. Catch up. And that's great. So let, we're going to learn a little more about Kyle. We're going to do some stuff, play some games, ask some questions. But we just want to know, so Kyle, you are the pastor of sending an outreach at Wheaton Bible. What, what does that mean? I have the really unique privilege of um, seeing our church sent. And sent can be somewhat of a nebulous term, but um, really for me what it means is um, those who gather here throughout the week or on Sundays who are coming into this building, um, I fully believe and I'm really passionate to see those people sent out into the world as God's ambassadors. And so that can take the form of uh, working with our local partners in all kinds of ways, uh, globally as missionaries and on short-term teams and all of those things, but um, just really uh, get to see people in our church uh, take next steps. Now, you've you've had a couple adventures that include being sent a little further from your home than most people have. So maybe like, give us a little bit, how did you get into that? After college, where did you go? Did you just jump into church ministry? What was your life like before this place? Yeah, good question. Um, A lot, a lot of stories go into that. But after college, uh, my undergrad, I was uh, at Winona State in Minnesota, came to Chicago for graduate school. And um, a big part of my story, Scott, is, is I say that that when I came to Christ, when I was 19 years old in college, God added his purpose to the passions that he'd given me. And so um, all of those passions that, that were for uh, adventure, some of the wild places in the world, um, serving others, those didn't go away. Those actually became more full and really enhanced. And so uh, after graduate school, uh, just a passion for seeing people have opportunities for education. I went with uh, an organization out of Harvard University to the outer islands of Samoa. They were sending a pioneer team, um, a team of 20 people, 16 were going to stay on some more populated main islands. And they said, hey, we're going to send four of you. We're not sure what life is going to be like out there, but you're most likely going to have to hunt and grow your own food. Okay, pause, pause right there. So they weren't saying this is your, like, here's your amount you can use and go buy groceries. You you had to actually go hunt for your food? Yeah. So, you know, so I I got to be one of those four. Um, We moved out to these outer islands uh, in the Samoan chain, Um, a couple hundred people per island usually. We were on the largest. There were just over 400 people there, settled into a village called Phileasau Village on the coast. And yeah, uh, learned how to spearfish, hunting wild boar uh, in the jungle on this volcano. Can you just island. pause real quick? Amy, yeah. can you play a little adventure music um, while he tells <laughs> tell us one of your stories of um, hunting and spearfishing and boar wrestling? 
Let's see. So I think this was a really cool story for me. Um, it was when I was learning how to spearfish. This is cool music. Thank you. <laughs> um, and it fits. So learning how to spearfish and, you know, with all the kind of hubris of a 23-year-old thinking that, oh, I'll learn so quick. But the first time I went, I'm with some of the young men in the village and uh, fighting against open ocean. It's not like you go in and you're wading up to your knees. You swim out into the open ocean to the barrier reef surrounding the island. And you've got a spear that's about six feet long, three barbs on the end, and basically a big rubber band. Um, And it's the tension of that rubber band that shoots the spear to catch your fish. So went out our first time and um, saw the fish that I wanted. And uh, it was just chilling right there above the reef and took a deep breath, dove down, shot at it, totally missed. Now, Amy, you've done this before, right? Oh, yeah. I'm an expert in spearfishing. Okay. So, so. this is a classic newbie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. We've all absolutely. sort of done that. Shot a second time and missed. And all the guys up uh, watching from the surface of the water are just laughing. And sure. I'm feeling really just inept and uncoordinated and wondering if I'm going to starve to death on these islands, if this is our source of food. And... Uh, and uh, so one of the younger guys, he was like 13 years old, but way more of a man than I was apparently, um, and way more capable at life out here, goes down without even a spear and just a little spike and goes right through the fish. Because I was so far from hitting the fish that it didn't even startle the fish to <laughs> swim away. Yeah. Um, and learning that, but then came up onto the beach, had no fish, couldn't catch anything. But the next day, came home, we're, we're out there helping um, these communities start schools and all these things. And um, somebody in the community, I came back to the little shack that was my home uh, on the beach there and tied around a post of that shack was a string of fish. Wow. So somebody in the village had seen how much I had struggled, but had responded to that saying, okay, but this person is helping us in ways that we had asked and we have ways to help him. So for weeks and weeks, as I got better at spearfishing, still went out five days a week or so with these guys for probably six to eight weeks until I could catch enough to feed us. So it seems like you didn't just, you weren't just some American guy that dropped in the Samoan Island and did right. your thing. So right. you actually made friends with people. So what, like what extent, like how far did that go? Yeah. So that went, uh, well, all the way with life there. Um, it is such a communal culture. You find that if, hey, if there's no electricity, there's no entertainment looks different. And so people spend their evenings uh, just out on the sands and around the village, and they call it Tusitala, uh, which means talking stories. And so you get to know people really well. That's how we learn the language, Samoan language. Um, and about nine months into this experience, I was asked uh, by a man named Tautua. Tautua was the chief of our village. And uh, was really offered um, the chance to go through uh, a manhood rite of passage (laughs) uh, for them. So that that manhood rite of passage really meant that I was accepted as a man of that village. Um, And that it's 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 a little bit of a it's kind of a wild story. Can I share it? Yeah, Um, yeah. Okay. So going through that rite of passage, it it's getting a massive tattoo. Um, well, can we just pause? For those of you who are a little squeamish about tattoos, this might be the time to turn off the podcast. Okay, go ahead and continue. Thanks, Scott. So um, the, the way the tattoos work is they're quite painful because traditionally what it is is it's a filed down uh, boar's tusk. And they'll take the boar's tusk is that filed sounds down. <laughs> that, that sounds horrible. That, that, that sounds horrible or an amazing name for a restaurant. Filed down boar's tusk. Yes, I could <laughs> yeah. see that. Or just boar's tusk. 
I like file down board stuff. That's good. Anyway, so they file it down. There's little teeth on the end, and the way they give the tattoo is not like with a, you know, a gun with the needle like they do here. Um, they literally chisel it into your flesh, oh. and it's a it's a bit of a kind of a rite of passage because it's it's obviously clearly painful. But the designs that you get are designs that you've actually earned, in what you've learned or what you've accomplished. Think of it like Boy Scout merit badges, but okay. jungle. Yeah. Uh, so, do you get style. some for like making your house or for no, more so for fish uh, knowledge of language, of culture, of music, of dance, of some of the hunting, spearfishing? So did you present some dances to them? Uh, well, I learned all I could. <laughs> I could, didn't quite have the rhythm, but mm. they were nice enough to give <laughs> me that. So, um, he vouched for me with one of the three master tattoo artists in the traditional Samoan style. There's only three on the whole island chain. Um, and so he vouched for me to say, I'd like to have this guy get this as a man of my village in Phileasau Village. And these tattoos typically um, will be put over shoulders and chest or somewhere between knees and kind of around the abdomen um, are really the places you get them. And you find the chiefs are covered in these tattoos, and their tattoo can take 11 days wow. to get done. Mine wow. took just over four hours. But um, so they said, they said, we want you to get one over your arm and shoulder and peck. And, and my response was, well, I know you do that here, but where I come from, I'm a really skinny guy, and guys with arms and pecs the size of mine don't get them covered in tattoos. Sure. So I have one on my right thigh that wraps my whole right thigh. Um, with a lot of those symbols on there, it was How a, badly just a really did it, hurt? it hurt a lot. Yeah, a <laughs> like lot the most and a lot for several felt. days. Uh, I don't know that I would say that. Okay. There's been some other situations, but um, way more than I think tattoos here in the U.S. So after the islands, fast forward, what mm -hmm. brought you here to Wheaton Bible? I had some more schooling following that. Wandered around for a little bit, some time in the mountains, just trying to hear from God what His next steps would be for me. Um, and I ended up in. Haiti after the earthquake. Wow. So was running an organization to see just development in communities that were really affected by the earthquake and um, ended up living with a community of people who were deaf, blind, physically disabled. And so in that culture, in the aftermath of such a terrible disaster, um, these people were especially vulnerable um, and just really grabbed my heart uh, and, and, and wanted to see uh, them experience dignity of life, new chances at life, uh, not what their culture was really giving them. And so ended up there. And to make a long story short, there's a lot of great stories there, stories of challenge and, and things that God did uh, amongst that community and many others. Um, but what I got to see down there was the American church partner in really amazing ways and in ways that were really also harmful for communities trying to seek dignity and empowerment. And so um, when that job was done there, I knew God was telling me to, to come back to the U.S. and work alongside the American church towards better, healthier engagement globally um, to, to really see the empowerment and sustainability of communities. Now, Kyle, you were saying that, that churches do some good things, maybe even some great things, but they also make some mistakes. So what are some of those mistakes you've seen? Yeah. Well, first of all, the really great things that I've seen is that there is just a, a heart for generosity, that in the wake of natural disasters and tragedies, that there is this instant reaction to say, we have to help. 
And that's really incredible. But I think the mistake comes when we instantly react and say, have to help. And we're going to do so now. So we're going to empty all our closets of all our clothes, right. you know, and all of those things. And actually, we find that when those end up in foreign countries a lot, that can undermine local economies. And so I would just encourage churches to say, hey, take, it doesn't mean you don't help. Just take a step back. Think about this. Are there, is there a way that there's a local church in a place like Haiti after the earthquake that the person who's distributing clothes to needy people doesn't have to be you specifically. Can you get those to a local Haitian church so that God's church there in Haiti um, can be a light in the community? Can you use those resources to help somebody start a small business instead of just giving cash because they're in need to say, here's a little bit of cash because you're in immediate need, but to take the step back and to say, we want to be with you for the long haul and see you as the owner of a business, an agent of transformation in your own community. It's just that one step back that makes all the difference to think about it a little more deeply. And, and taking that one step back will help us to not make our helping hurt, exactly. in a sense, yeah. right? Yeah, to quote a very popular book in the missions world, When Helping Hurts. Yeah, yeah I think every church read that and yep. decided whether or not they liked it or not. Right, <laughs> right. Based on what they did for missions. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Now, there was one adventure that you were just a part of. It was probably your greatest adventure, probably the longest lasting adventure. Tell us about that. I assume you're talking about marriage. Oh, okay. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yes. That works too. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, so just yesterday, uh, we passed four months of marriage. Hey, congrats. Thank you. You made it. That's great. (laughs) Um. Yeah, what do you want to know? I don't know, but uh, maybe play some wedding music, Amy. Tell us, tell us, tell us a little bit about, you know, the. Now, her name is Joy. Her name is Joy. Joy Reschke. Joy Reschke. Now, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, uh, we met a couple years ago here at the church, and we actually met um, in kind of an odd way, but it was uh, through prayer. So, uh, Joy says that meeting at church and through prayer is something that totally works. That's great. Yeah. And you just met and got married that quick? Was it? I wish. You know, I felt ready for that. Um, No, dated for uh, a little over a year, got engaged. We were engaged for, um, oh gosh, about eight months. Okay. Scott, I uh, hear rumors that you are a part of this relationship. Well, I mean, a little bit. Yeah, so I I call Scott the architect, um, not just of our relationship, but of many relationships. And Scott is the architect in a lot of ways um, because... I think sometimes young adults, I was one of them, Joy was one of them too, can feel awkward about the whole dating process or feel fearful. And Scott is somebody who can sometimes just, you know, drive right over social norms or boundaries and make things so (laughs) awkward. Um, But the thing is, is they work out because it gets, he he just kind of has a way about encouraging people Mm -hmm. and pushing people to take the steps that they should take and just say, hey, give this a shot. You're both great people. And then he also kind of engineers ways for people he thinks should be dating and together. An architect and engineer. Arch- yeah. That's well, for those of you who don't know, um, I actually have a tattoo on my body for every one of those couples. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was done by a, a, what is it, a rigid boar's head tooth. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. That's so, awesome, that's man. Amazing. You earned it. Okay, so I'm getting married soon. Uh-huh. And knowing that you were recently married. Yep. What's like one thing that maybe was a hard adjustment? Like what's one thing you would warn me about almost that was hard as newlyweds for you and Joy? 
we're we're both learning a lot that's for sure um we're in i think a similar situation uh to you in getting married we're not old by any means i mean i'm 32 joy's 26 but um we both had very independent lives you know you you you've heard about uh some adventures around the world and uh, those don't stop by any means but they definitely look different because there's someone with me and joy is a very independent and awesome and capable woman as well and so to combine lives together um just takes a transition because we're we've really in some ways have become set in our ways and so i think that transition just can hit hard sometimes and generally we're able to we just kind of laugh it off as we realize that you know, Joy says that I'm a lot quirkier than she ever thought I would yeah. be, and and I kind of say the same about I, her. I tried to warn her. Yeah, that one. yeah, yeah, you did. That's funny. We we had small group last night, mm-hmm. and we were doing like icebreaker questions, yeah. and one of them was, "Do you roll the toothpaste tube or do you squeeze it?" Oh, that's a good one. And I said that I squeeze it, mm-hmm. but I get annoyed when other people squeeze it. You know, like for some reason, for me, like I'm just super selfish, and they're like, "Amy, good luck." when you get married because it was just really funny because I was like I can squeeze it because I know that I did it but then if somebody else squeezes it I'm like oh my gosh you are such a mess it's so annoying so So I feel like yes that will be so early on with joy there were um, a lot of people who were like hey we don't think this is going to work because she's really classy and elegant and you're like our dirty hippie friend oh (laughs) that's good and so to respond to the toothpaste the fact that I brush my teeth, she's just happy. Yeah. With. So we haven't thought about <laughs> it's that. It's the yet. little things. It's the little things, yeah, and let, just call it a win. So, so who's the uh, who's the chef in the house? Oh, joy. Um, for anything that's involved and has like something that's other than a piece of meat on a plate, that's joy. Yeah, uh, I'll grill. Um, yeah, because we'll, I've we'll I've been to your house together. in the past. Yeah. I've been to your house in the past, and. We've thrown stuff on the grill, uh-huh. and we started talking, and before you know it, it was black and burning. That's and right. Smoking. That did But happen. we still, I think we went out for burgers that night. We did, yeah. <laughs> we, went down, we went down the road because we just got talking and fried yeah. the Italian sausages we that, were trying to grill. That was so good. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're going to switch up a little bit. Amy has a question for you. Okay. Yeah. So talking about desert islands, mm-hmm. you were on an island uh-huh. for two years. Uh-huh. What Bible character... Would you take on a desert island with no chance of leaving? So not you Noah. Can choose anyone, you cannot. You can't, you can't choose can't Jesus use Noah or Jesus. Okay. What Bible character would I? And so this person is living with me, and it's just us. Yes. Yep. And you can't leave. Um. Ever. Solomon. Because we could sit on the island and talk about wisdom for the rest of our lives, and that would be awesome. That's a pretty good answer. Wow. All right, we're going to do something fun also. We're going to um, just kind of see where you are psychologically. And we're going <laughs> to we're gonna um, do a word association okay. game. And you are going to tell us the word or phrase that comes to your mind. With no explanation, just do so. Are you ready? Uh-huh. All right. Can we get some word association music, please, Amy? Okay. Oh, nice. I like that. Coffee. Creamer. Food. Pizza. Leisure. Reading. Exercise. Running. Author. Uh, what comes to mind? C.S. Lewis. Oh, good. Sports. Running again. Bible translation. ESV. Boss. Lon Allison. Oh, good. Mission. God's mission. Nicknames. The architect. (laughs) 
Favorite childhood toy? Uh, dinosaurs. Guilty pleasure? Mm, midnight trail run. I was kind of hoping you'd say dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> um, enemy? Enemy. Satan. Apple? Tree. Emoji? Uh, bitmoji. Movie? Thor. Just saw it. Favorite band? Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> Fiction? Historical. <laughs> that sounds so exciting. Um, nonfiction. Uh, biography. Home. Mm, Naperville. Joy. Love. Oh, that's Aww. good. That's good. Well, you're pretty uh, normal. Pretty normal. <laughs> okay, that's good. So, Kyle, you know that as Christians, we're all the body of the church. Mm-hmm. So, if you had to name one body part that you contribute to the church, what would it be? Oh, that's good, good question. That is good. Yeah. I'm definitely the chin. The chin. <laughs> yeah, just feel like that today. That's good. Uh, I would say leg, um, because I think God gave me a great passion, and I'm told this, that people have all kinds of ideas about what God wants them to do, and I get to help them put legs to it. So I would oh, be good. a leg or the legs together. That's and you great. like running. So and, yeah, and it, so that works. It works. And yeah. your leg is completely tattooed. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That makes it fun. What about you, Amy? What body part would you be? That's a good question. Go ahead. Answer. Maybe the hands. The hands. Yeah. I like to use my hands. You know, I, like yeah. to just, I don't like to just like be somewhere. I like to do something. Mm-hmm. So whether it's like my job, like I feel like I'm contributing like creatively using my hands and like things like serving, you know, you're using your hands to do it. You're not just showing up. Nice. That's good. Yeah. Any other thoughts besides your chin? No, I mean, I'm pretty much stuck with that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, that Very works pronounced too. chin. <laughs> Here's let's change it up. What is something that you would stand on a soapbox against right now? For example, Amy, wh- what would you stand on? Well, I have several, but one is cold shoulder shirts. Do you know what those are? No, They're the what shirts are those? that girls wear or women when they, wear. When they don't like somebody, they give you the cold <laughs> shoulder? Is well, that the... it's the shirt. It's like a t-shirt, but just the shoulder is cut out. Like, oh, yeah, wh- yeah. On purpose. On purpose. Like, they buy the shirt like that. They sell these things. Which I just don't understand. Like, wouldn't your shoulders get cold? And then if you wear a sweater, you can't even tell that it's a cold shoulder shirt. But also, why would you make a shirt and then decide, you know what, I have really nice shoulders. So I want people to see them and then just cut it out. Is that I just the stated don't purpose it. behind those shirts? That I don't know what the purpose is. It's, d- it's dumb to me. Okay. Yeah. And I like clothes. Like, you know, I try to stay trendy. You're stylish, but you, sure. you are trendy. You've got some really trendy glasses on right now. Thank you. But yeah. I just can't handle the cold shoulder shirts. Okay. So, okay. That, now you know Amy's. Try to compete with that. Gosh. What's something that you're on a soapbox right now? You, if you could stand on the soapbox and... And just yell at the top of your lungs of what is really getting you. Um, the commitment of certain generations towards taking really amazing steps. I think uh, I see, especially you know my age group. I'm 32, and give or take a few years, um, waiting for the literal. I think burning bush before taking a step into anything. Mm-hmm. And whether that is community or uh, dating, job, whatever it might be, is to just say, you know what, guys, sometimes you just need to take a step. And you don't have to have everything figured out. Take a step. God's got it. 
we know that especially with all of these good things like community and church and service and all of that, that God's got it, that when we take a step, he's going to provide. We just can't expect for it to be the perfect thing right away. You have to commit and you have to give time. What, what do you think causes people to not take the step? What are some of the things that keep people from just jumping in? That's a good question. I think um, I, I, he, I hear a lot about expectations. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's take community, for example. Um, something I hear a lot, well, I was searching for community. And I'd say, well, tell me about that. And they'll say, well, I showed up to this thing once, and I didn't find community. Mm. That is so me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and I'm saying, well, uh, community takes effort. You can't show up and expect maybe some people there are your new best friends, but you might not know that until you've hung out for several months or you've committed to show up and be a part of that. And um, so it's an expectation that, oh, I'm going to find this immediately. Yeah. Well, something that's in-depth Right. is always going to take time, and it's always going to take showing up. You know, you and I have spent a lot of time talking in our office over hot yeah. cups of coffee, and yeah. one of the things that we talked about when it comes to community, that community is a byproduct of a people on mission. Of people on mission, like, yeah. You and I both came up with that, I think. I always say the great Kyle Resky said, um, but you always say that I say it. So we must have both said it together. We did. We were okay. in your office, yeah. Now, what what do you think that means? Um, I th- When people take steps of faith. There's different levels of, of fear. Um, it, it, mm-hmm. it takes courage. Yeah. Stepping out, whether it's into community, um, on a missions trip, into yeah. another opportunity that God's placed before you to share your faith, whatever it might be, those all take courage. They all take faith. And how great is it that God has told us we're not alone mm-hmm. in doing that? is that there's his church. There's other people to do that with us. And so when you take a step and there's fear involved, yeah, you take it with other people. And with those other people, you learn a really valuable lesson together. Right. And, and a lot of people won't take the step unless they think they'll be successful at the step. Right. Also, you mentioned dating. I've, I've found yeah. that young yeah. adults will not go on a date unless they can see themselves marry that person. Yeah. I've always said there's two reasons to date. Uh The first reason to date is to break up. The second reason to date is to get married. Now, let me explain, Amy. This is important. Mm -hmm. If you're dating to break up, then don't invest your total mind. I mean, some of it you can engage. Don't invest your future plans. Don't Mm -hmm. invest your money. And also don't invest your body if you're dating to break up because you might break up. So when you do break up, you don't want your heart broken and your whole life changed. Now, if you're dating to get married... Start investing your money, start investing your future plans, invest your full heart and mind, but still don't invest your body. Those things that I've always said, and I think many people are so afraid that their first date won't lead to a second date, which Mm -hmm. won't lead to a third date, which Mm -hmm. won't lead to the family time meeting, and then down the road a ring that they don't even jump in. Like, Amy, what do you think of that? I think that's true. I I don't know. No, you're recently engaged. I'm recently engaged, so I did date to marry. Because I'm getting married. Good job. Um, but it's interesting because when I was not in, like when I was dating before my fiance, I always our friends like had this pact that if someone asks us out, you should always say yes mm. to at least one date. That's interesting. Because, and I don't know if this is like 
true or if this is a good idea or not, but they had the courage to ask you out. And unless there's, unless they're not a Christian, unless there's some clear reason why you shouldn't go on a date with them, go on one date. Yeah. And there were times where I got, where I got asked out and I did not want to go, but I said yes to one. And then I was like, nope, sorry. Yeah. But there's community around that. There was, there's that part of a vision there is that you have friends with you who are in a way encouraging you towards that step towards a goal that you've stated. I am looking for the person that God has for me. And so this is a mission and community comes out of that because you have to share, you Mm -hmm. have to be vulnerable. You're praying together. You're asking for advice. Yeah. All of those things. And community comes out of that. And whenever we think of community, I think we make the mistake of thinking it has to be a ministry or a large number of people. That community that is coming out of a byproduct of people on mission can Mm -hmm. be just you and one other person. But it's, it's what are you going for? And, and those things should be honoring to God. So it's not yeah. just like, hey, go for anything, and community is going to come right. out of that mission. It's, or healthy community won't come out of that mission. It's, there are all kinds of great things that God has for us, and we get to pursue them together, and you find people along the way. Yeah, that's so for sure. Good. Yeah. That is so good. Any last things you want to tell us, Kyle? Oh, like, gosh. Like, what's just... One thing that's on your brain, you just can't stop thinking about. <laughs> Do you have any mar- marathons coming up or ultra marathons or mega mi- Ironman challenges? Yeah, deciding on that for, because um, coming through the winter months, you know, miles back off a little bit and we just kind of hibernate a little bit. I like snow running and all that. So we'll, I actually we'll hibernate in the summer as well. In just, the summer yeah. as well. <laughs> I find it to be very conducive. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, getting ready, we haven't decided yet what's going to come up this summer and fall. Maybe a half Ironman, maybe in uh, August, maybe an ultra trail marathon. Now, when you say weed, is it you and uh, enjoy my wife? Uh huh. Um, we enjoy doing a lot of that together. And you have other friends that yeah. join. That's but great. there's other friends. But it's being on mission together, and let's add purpose to this. There you this go. isn't nice, just about nice dovetail. a race, as we've been talking with uh, International Justice Mission and yeah. World Vision. Mm-hmm who says, hey, while you're doing these kind of life goal races, what if you invited others to join you and invited others to support you financially? And it can be for literally the rescue of somebody from modern-day slavery or sex trafficking Hmm. um, or clean water for children in Africa, whatever that might be. So it's figuring out those races um, that I can get a whole bunch of people to do alongside me and, and race for those really great causes. And that's something that you can do across all the campuses of Wheaton Absolutely. Bible as well. Yep, all of them. Well, that's great. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for Thanks, coming. Kyle. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It was fun. really, really great to have you. And uh, to find out more about our podcast and to subscribe, head to 27westpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at 27westpodcast. 27 West is sponsored today by Kyle Reschke's Tattoos. Thanks to Josh Dix for being our studio bouncer, Amy Mueller for her musical talent, and Scott Murray for just showing up. That's what I do. I'm Amy Salava. See you next time. Have a great day.